Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of Purple Insider to continue our bye week. Bonanza is my friend, former co worker, and uh, I'm sure great singer as well, Rami Maklov, who now is a host on 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Rami, how are you? Good. Do you sing it like that every time every you time. say bye week bonanza? Every no, no. Time it's bye week bonanza. That's right. Did I get yeah, it? Yeah, did I, did I yeah get no, that that's right. right. Bye okay, week good. bonanza. Yeah. Right. So in the bye week bonanza, we're looking at everything. We're looking at the draft class, how it's performed. We're looking at the state of the offensive line, which is, you know, uh, probably a record setting episode here, I'm sure. And, and and for you, because not only do you host in Milwaukee, but you also host sometimes at 670 to score in Chicago. And you are a noted longtime Bears fan. And you were here and no one cares about the Lions. You are here to talk about the <laughs> NFC North, about the the relevant teams in the North. Yeah, I have a pretty good handle on on all the relevant teams in the division. The teams that have mattered since, say, Lomas Brown retired. Sure, or right. But has anybody really mattered other than Aaron Rodgers? I know he owns the Bears. He told us all he owned the Bears on Sunday, and I I I got nothing to say in response to that. Yeah, he he does. He owns the Bears, and I don't like saying it, but it's it's true. But he owns the whole damn division, dude. He just owns the division. I, I don't have it in front of me right now. But after that, I think it was I think it was one of the publications up there in, in Minneapolis just just laid out all the dominance of Aaron Rodgers over the entire conference over the time that he's been the Packers quarterback. And it is it's remarkable and depressing for anybody who's not a Packers fan in this division. It's ridiculous what he and the Packers have done to this division for, I don't know, 15 years now. I was going to say, I think I figured out why it's because he's better at football than all the other players. And, and that's uh, why you're Matthew Collar. I know why, that's, that's why, why you're listen. football genius, Matthew Collar for stuff <laughs> like that. Let's talk about Rogers though, in the Packers, because they are sitting at uh, five and one and they're feeling pretty good about themselves. It does feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, it feels like an unimpressive five and one because last year it seemed like the gas pedal was down and they were steamrolling everybody and Rogers winning MVP and just was untouchable. Um, and of course they've been better since week one, but they've also had some tight squeezes to win games. Sure. And it just looks like things are a lot harder for Aaron Rodgers this year than they were last year. Uh, can you put a finger on that? On on the one hand, it, it has been unimpressive and, and Aaron Rodgers has been, ever since the Saints game where he wasn't good, very efficient, but not like the explosive dynamic Aaron Rodgers and, and Packers offense that we saw last year. It's been a lot of screen passes, trying to work the run game with Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon. I think part of that is defenses have changed up the way that they're defending the Packers offense and the Packers are making adjustments to that to take what defenses are giving to them. And, and it's working to the extent 
that they're scoring enough points to win football games. They're just not that record-setting offense that they were last year. And, and yeah, some of the wins have been squeakers and have been ugly. So unimpressive in that sense, Matthew. But when, when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. And it's actually kind of impressive in, in, another, in another way because of all the injuries that this football team has been dealing with to, to be sitting here with five straight wins and five and one and running away with this division already is really all that you can ask for. I've been telling Packers fans early on in the season that right now, especially with the injuries, take wins any way that you can get them and, and stack them up for seeding purposes and hope you're healthy and clicking on all cylinders by the time that, that the playoffs roll around. Because they've, they've been without arguably four of their top seven players on the roster was Darius Smith and David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander. Then this week they lose their center, Josh Myers, their second cornerback behind Jair Alexander, Kevin King. He wasn't there. Their safety, Darnell Savage, he left the game with a concussion, and they they still pull out the victory. So at, at, at this point in the season, I don't think you can take issue with, with any form or fashion of a Packers win. Just get those wins, and like I said, hope you're healthy and clicking by the time the playoffs roll around. Even as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he is impacted by offensive line play. Not having David Bakhtiari seems like it's a big deal. And where it shows up, I was looking at his deep passing numbers. Only 16% of his passes are going deep down the Mm -hmm. field. And on those throws, it's only been 30 times he's attempted to throw farther than 20 yards down the field. So just about five times a game. Uh, Nine out of 30 have been completed. And every single one of them, and this is kind of an important detail, every completion has been a big time throw, which means it has to be into a tight window. It's not just throwing to a wide open receiver 20 yards down the field and he jogs into the end zone. Um, So you're telling me that Rodgers forcing them to get Randall Cobb didn't suddenly reshape the wide receiver. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and, and I think, I think the injuries have, have something to do with that as well, Matthew, when, when you talk about the deep passes and the lack of explosiveness in this offense for starters, a guy who I didn't mention when I was, I was just listing off the injuries, Marquez Valdez Scantling is their greatest deep threat. And that guy is on the IR right now and is, is going to miss his, his third game and left, halfway through the the previous game with that injury. So you take away his biggest deep threat. You you're you're without David Bakhtiari. You're you're maybe the best left tackle in this entire league. So he doesn't they're not trying to throw the ball deep as often as as they were last year as as you noted with with the the numbers there. And also when when he does, he's often doing it under more duress and with more pressure in his face because he do, he just simply doesn't have the time. And again, given where they're at on the depth chart, to me, impressive what they've done as far as protecting Aaron Rodgers and and, and not really letting him take too much of a beating back there and, and having the production that they do have back there. But there's going to be drop-off, and I, I do think that's where you see it, where Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that extra half-second or seven-tenths of a second to, to set up and, and get a good pass-off, not to mention is missing his biggest deep threat. And so I, I think that 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 has been taken away to an extent by the injuries and teams are just kind of saying, we're going to take away the deep, the deep play from you and see if you'll be patient enough to run the ball and take the screen passes and the intermediate routes. I think defenses are challenging them to do that. And so far, my, uh, my, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have shown that, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and be patient and just take whatever you give us and like I said, it doesn't look as as good as it looked last year, but they're scoring enough to win football games. 
So last year, 14 touchdowns by Aaron Rodgers on throws over 20 yards. This year so far, zero, which is uh, a pretty big discrepancy. Now, the uh, drama, Rami, in uh, Green Bay over the offseason was super compelling and all sorts of fun. But where is it? I mean, is it gone? Is it just disappeared into the ether and everything is fine and everyone is happy in Green Bay? Because, I mean, they're they're five and one. And so uh, Rogers so far has not come out and publicly demanded that he become general manager. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, we talked about this, this nonstop all the way through the off season. <laughs> and, and then here we are and there's not a peep. So at least from what I see on a daily basis is, is that just eliminated or does it hover in the background and at the first sign of trouble, you think it's going to come up? I don't, I don't think it's affecting how they play. I don't think these guys are talking about it down in the locker room. I don't think anybody hates Aaron Rodgers, which people thought they might when he returned to this football team. Matthew, you've, you've been in enough locker rooms. I haven't spent as much time in locker rooms, but have worked with plenty of former athletes as, as my co-hosts and everything else. They don't get when – it, when it's drama between the front office and the organization, they don't really get involved in that or offended by that. They know it's, it's not about me. This is an issue – with Aaron and our employer. And we've all worked with people who had issues with our employer and, and we don't, we don't get offended or upset by that either, or take it personally. So I don't think anybody from the coaching staff to anybody on that roster has any issues or animosity with Aaron Rodgers. And so, no, I don't think it's affected them. And I don't even know if, I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is still upset when, when he was on Pat McAfee yesterday, he was talking about the fact that before the game, he was anticipating running off soldier field and sort of having a feeling like it, it might be the last time that he does so. But in the moment when, when he did run off soldier field after telling bears fans and the organization in the city of Chicago that he owns them, he said it, it didn't feel like his, his last time running off of soldier field. And he said, it wasn't going off anything, any, any discussions that have been had or any, any, anything that's changed with this situation, but energetically, it didn't feel like his last time running off of Soldier Field. So take that for whatever whatever you want to take it for. Aaron Rodgers has found very spiritual, very transcendent side of, of himself and his personality since getting engaged to Shailene Woodley. And I respect that and I and I appreciate that. But I don't I don't know what it means that energetically it didn't feel like his last time running off Soldier Field, but I, I guess it means something. I mean, it has to mean something. Important question for you. As someone yourself with yes. long hair, yes. uh, what do you make of his hair? Because it just feels like he's a henchman in a movie, you know, or something. Like, it just doesn't – I don't think it works at all what's going on with his hair right now. He's actually – he said he's doing it. Now, this was a – I don't mean to just recant what I heard him say on the Pat McAfee show, but that's that's half my life. Um, he, he said it was for a Halloween costume. He wasn't giving up what it was, but said he's been growing his hair for a year for a Halloween costume. And I, I don't I don't know what it is. He won't give it up. We've been guessing. We've been trying to figure out what it might be. The most popular guess, because he showed up last year with the, the Big Lebowski sweater, the actual sweater that the Big Lebowski wears throughout that movie. Um, a lot of people thinking that it's the big Lebowski, but I think that's too obvious. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think Lebowski is too obvious. I don't know if you have any guesses, Matthew. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't, but I do know this, that when Aaron Rodgers in his commercial holds the guitar, 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers clearly does not know his way around a six string. So I'm going to say he plays guitar. It just doesn't look like it at all. Are you sure? Because I saw a video of people claiming he plays guitar and it sounded like just a child whacking on strings. I'm not saying he's good. Okay. But he plays guitar. He does play guitar. All right. Because the commercial, he just looks like he's never touched one before. Sorry, we're not all dynamos like Matthew Collar on, on the six string, dude. Don't don't take out your guitar and start playing. Look, right I was going to say I am, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you think I wrote bi week bonanza for nothing? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe leave that in the comments of this podcast. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is trying to be for Halloween? But um, OK, I, I didn't know that it was a gag. Uh, that makes that makes it better. A little more it's, sense. It's yeah, really not particularly great uh okay so this team on the whole though before um, we move on from that yeah. i'm sorry it's, I, this just occurred to me Do you, you're a seinfeld guy right you watch mm-hmm. seinfeld yep. Yep. you remember the episode where uh kramer had those shady friends they were they were sort of recurring characters yes. in the show they're stealing catalytic converters <laughs> the two, <laughs> yeah. the two yeah. guys who they hired to help take the frogger out of the pizzeria for George. People said that Aaron Rodgers looked like the, the guy with the goatee and the long hair who is stealing catalytic converters. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, first, that's an incredible pull that whoever <laughs> came up with that. I mean, that's a deep cut. But also, to your point, you're right. Like, it's probably not going to be something super obvious that right. this is, that he's yep. been doing that for a long time. Um, well, the NFL has drama around every corner, doesn't it? But uh, on the whole, though, Packers, I mean – Injuries aside, offensive ups and downs aside, as long as he is their quarterback, they're the favorite for the NFC North. For sure. Um, you always think, well, with the Vikings, they'll just play close games, and however it goes, it goes. Usually they split. You know, We'll see how that ha- um, plays out later in the season. But I look at them as a team that should still win like 12 or 13 games, and it's them and everybody else until anyone shows me otherwise in Chicago or Minnesota. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I said that before the season started, and I've seen nothing to to change my mind. I, you know, I'm a I'm a Bears fan. I'm not I'm not shy about that. And I was asked by one of my coworkers, Bart Winkler, who hosts our morning show on the Fan here in Milwaukee. He said, "I feel like they're starting something in Chicago. Like they're not a threat yet to the Packers, but he he loves Justin Fields and." This defense looks good. He said he it, it seems like they're like this is they're taking the first step and starting something. And I, I I told him I see what he sees, except that I I can't feel like they're starting something and taking a first step until Matt Nagy is no longer the head coach of this football team. Uh, I, I feel similarly, but not as strongly with Mike Zimmer and sort of the 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 way that that the style of football that they play, like you said, to me, it, it is similar to what the Bears do, even though you have an offensive-minded head coach in Nagy and a defensive-minded head coach in Zimmer. They kind of play that, grind it out, keep it close, and hope we can pull it out in the end type of football. And I, I don't think that's a consistently winning brand of football in this league. I think this is a league where you have to actively always be trying to find ways to be a dynamic offense and put points on the board and take every chance and every opportunity that you can get to put points on the board. And it just doesn't feel like those two football teams do that. It's more about let's try and control the game and the pace of the game and stay close and hope we can pull it out in the end. And Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, try that. And I'm just going to 
throw bombs over your faces and score 100 points and win football games. And that formula has worked for him. And as you stated at the beginning of this, we don't need to bring up the Lions. I'll just address the pack, the Bears and the Vikings. <laughs> 2024 is your year, Detroit. I mean, <laughs> got a chance, just not today. Um, okay, so let's talk about the Bears then. Um, now, I was uh, very excited by Justin Fields coming out of the draft. I mean, just a dynamic talent, incredible runner, huge arm, very accurate. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to simulate – NFL with whatever is happening in Ohio state. It's just like your fourth receiver is probably a five-star recruit. And that's just not the case in the NFL. Uh, You usually get one good guy and the offensive line isn't great. And you know, the coach is not great. Mm -hmm. And so Justin Fields is asked to drop in and overcome that. Um, How have you felt like he has dealt with the things that he's forced to overcome in Chicago? It's it's a lot to overcome. I mean, you just you just laid it all out right there. I think he actually does has does have some decent weapons to work with. You look at his wide receivers, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. They've they've put a lot into into trying to find a tight end for this football team. And I don't think they have one dynamic tight end, but they have they have a couple of good ones in in Jesse James and Cole Komet. And they brought back Jimmy Graham. He's been fighting some injuries. I think that's that's a good unit between those three guys. I really like what they have going at running back the offensive line is is kind of a mess has kind of it's it's gotten a little bit better as the season has gone along but the thing the, the main thing working against Justin Fields is Matt Nagy and really the Bears as an organization it's not it's not a coincidence Matthew that they haven't had a quarterback really to speak of my entire lifetime because it takes People think quarterbacks just fall off of trees. You know what I mean? That great quarterbacks were just destined to be great quarterbacks from the time that they stepped into the league. And I know you know that that's that's not the case, that it takes a certain culture, a certain environment, the right coach, the right system, the right players around him for a guy to be put in position to succeed and flourish and be that guy that can carry a franchise. And I don't think I don't think we'll ever see the best of Justin Fields as long as Matt Nagy is his head coach. And, and we may never see it because the Bears might do with Justin Fields what they've done with plenty of quarterbacks along the way and maybe none better prospects or better raw you know balls of clay to mold than Justin Fields, but the Bears break quarterbacks. The Bears break quarterbacks. Jay Cutler was better or could have been better than what he ever was in the Bears uniform. Hell, I'll even go so far as to say Mitch Trubisky could have been better than anything that we ever saw in the Bears uniform. They were just never really given the chance to be the best quarterback that they could be. And that's that's my fear with Justin Fields. He's shown flashes. And certainly when when there are big plays that need to be made late in the game, he makes those throws. And even in that Packers game, he made a few throws to to keep him in the game. But the consistency just isn't there with him. And I think that's a product of coaching and not really being in a great position to succeed. 
folks, football season is in full swing, but we've got basketball and hockey getting rolling as well. And Soda Stick has got you covered. You have to see the Moose t-shirt designs for Marcus Foligno. You can also get your hands on the very popular Dollar Bill Kirill shirts as well. On the basketball side, the design with three wolves howling at the moon, perfect for the spooky fall season. And the design with the wolf carved into the state of the Minnesota is just awesome. It's very cool stuff. And hey, for you college football fans, Check out the Tanner Morgan t-shirts as well. Soda Stick has tons of hats and hoodies with all their great designs on them. You will love it. Go to SodaStick.com. That is S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K. Check that out today. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. And also follow myself and Soda Stick on Twitter for our giveaways. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Trubisky thing is really something because they finally last year sort of started saying, okay, maybe we should run like play actions and bootlegs with him as if it had just struck them by lightning out of nowhere. Like really? Oh, the whole league is doing this successfully with quarterbacks that aren't that good. Maybe we should try it. Uh, And then, so it works and it works for a guy who's not any good, who Mm -hmm. goes, gets a $3 million contract and then they go away from it. And they're like, ah, yes, back to the offense that never worked. Yeah. I mean, that that to me is such an indictment on coaching right there of you found something that was a good strategy, but because it wasn't your scheme, because that's more of a Kubiak and a Shanahan style, you said, no, 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 we're going to go back to the shotgun stuff and he's going to have to stand back there and do everything. And here's what I got. I got a little sort of theory on this for what you were just saying, because I agree with you that there are so many more human beings who are good at playing quarterback in this universe that coaching gets put under the microscope. I think more than anything that it has before. Cause I think like take John Elway in the eighties, who the hell looked like that. Right. right? I mean, just right. nobody There's like three dudes. There's like Marino yep. Elway and nobody else had that type of physical talent. And he just dominates even if his scheme was stupid. And then you saw later in his career that the scheme was stupid, but it didn't matter. He was taking them to Super Bowls. I think if your scheme doesn't fit now and the supporting cast is not built to truly support um, even really talented quarterbacks and, you know, you even see this with Mahomes not being perfect with his defense, yep. not, not doing everything for him. And I don't think Andy Reid is adapted and they don't have the receivers they had before in the depth with Sammy Watkins playing in Baltimore. I think that even the greatest quarterbacks can be victimized by this. And it really separates them because the gap between the first quarterback and the 20th quarterback is nowhere near what it was even in the early two thousands. But think about this. When, when I say that it goes much, however you want to term it deeper or higher up than Matt Nagy and, and that it's not a coincidence or just happenstance that they haven't been able to develop a quarterback my entire life. Think about, think about the leash that Matt Nagy has been given and and how and how that that allows for failure to occur time and time again. This dude was hired explicitly to get the most out of the quarterback that you just gave up a boatload of assets to move up to the top of the draft to go and get. You brought him in to do that. 
he did he re, he refused to do that not only did he not do it he refused to do it and to run an offense that actually got the most out of that guy so he got a second quarterback in Nick Foles who he said was is is the quarterback to run this offense he knows this offense and he will come in here and run it efficiently we saw how that worked he got a third quarterback Matthew and Andy Dalton and that didn't work and now we're putting the future of the franchise and another first round pick you gave up a boatload of assets to move up in the first round to go and get we're putting that guy in his hands he's getting a fourth quarterback you know the league as well as anybody that I know Matthew tell me a coach that got four quarterbacks to try and get it right and it wasn't because of injury or some freak circumstance that happened it doesn't happen coaches don't get four quarterbacks to fail with that just doesn't happen that's the Bears allowing that to happen and allowing failure after failure after failure at the most important position in North American sports other than that though everything's fine yeah everything's fine uh it's it's interesting though that they do have a really good defense again and it's I was thinking about this with Pittsburgh the other night Pittsburgh against Seattle Pittsburgh is just demolishing fools like early in that game they're you know hitting guys tj watts coming off the edge they just got this you know brutal defensive front i thought like when is the last time the pittsburgh steelers have not had that and not in my lifetime man like every era of steelers football it's like the same way with the bears they always rank 30th in points and eighth in defense or whatever or better and that's where they sit right now and so my question to you is um, do you believe enough in the developments going forward? And this is where it becomes relevant to the Vikings in the development going forward of fields throughout this season to close the gap between where they are offensively ranked in points and where they are in points against, which I think is probably sustainable because there's a lot of talent still on that defense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I just don't see this offense get, it, it will get better. I mean, he is he is a rookie and he's going to get more used to this this league the speed of this league he's going to see things at this level that he didn't see at at lower levels and he'll learn how how to how to read those things and and react accordingly so th- there there will be some improvement almost just naturally because he he is he's a talented kid and and he does he he does a lot of things well but as far as the offense as a whole moving forward and growing and evolving and being something better as, as a, as a unit, at least significantly better that, like you said, closes that gap. No, I I can't see that happening. I have a hard time being optimistic about a bears offense. As long as that dude wearing the headset is wearing the headset. Okay. Let me ask you the key bi-week bonanza, bi-week bonanza, bonanza, the key question uh, and then I have a little Bears trivia for you because that's what I do to you. Yes. Um, but this one is not so much mocking you, but maybe a little. Um, give me the final records of the three teams in the NFC North. And yes, I do mean the three teams yeah. in the NFC North. So I picked the Packers to go 14 and three when this when this season started. And uh, so far, they're they're exactly on pace to what I said they would be. I didn't I didn't have them losing to the Saints, but I did have them losing to the 49ers. So they they made up for the loss to the Saints with that win to the 49ers. As far as my prediction goes, when we were doing the old win loss win loss going over the schedule before the season started, so they're I thought they'd be five and one, and and here they sit at five and one. So I'm going to stick with that 14 and three prediction with the Bears. 
I I don't I don't I don't know. Matt Nagy has a way of, and this is really what annoys me about him more than anything. I know I've spent most of this interview expressing my Matt Nagy frustrations, but he has a way, Matthew. He has a knack for being just good enough, being just having that football team be just good enough that management looks at him and goes, "Yeah, all right, one more. What we'll give him, we'll give him what we'll give him one more shot at this thing and see if he can get it right." So that's probably like a nine and eight season, right? In this new 17 game world that we live in. I think Matt Nagy has the bears finishing at nine and eight and maybe sort of around the playoff picture because that's what he does. And similarly with the Vikings, I think they probably finish with, with nine, maybe 10 wins. I think they're, they're a better football team than, than what the bears are. So I'll, I'll put them at 10 wins and, and maybe sneaking into one of those wild cards. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I maybe a little too many for the for Green Bay for me. I, I think there's maybe another loss in there that we go, what happened to Rogers this week sure. or something? Yeah, that, um, that can always happen. Because I think you allow yourself for more variance when you're just more flawed. But right. right. Um, so you can have one of those bad days. Like the Chargers. The Chargers are good, but they're flawed. And so they can have a day where they just lose to the Ravens by a lot. Um right, I feel right. I, you know, I feel like right. the same thing goes for Green Bay. Um, so I, I think I would go 12 wins for green Bay. And I agree with you that Chicago and Minnesota, one team is nine and eight. The other team is eight, and nine, and I don't know which one. Um, and that leads me to some bi-week bonanza trivia for you, because it might depend on whose kickers make the kicks. <laughs> and so, I mean, really like that's the, that's the dangerous game that these two teams play. And, uh, well, wh- why don't we just also say this? I'll give the lions four wins. I think they win four times. Okay. All right. What'd you, make, tight games. what'd you make of Dan Campbell breaking down and crying at the podium a couple of weeks ago? You know what I think about that team overall yeah. is that when Matt Patricia was the coach, I have never seen a group of more miserable looking people who the minute, <laughs> like the minute, the, uh, the minute the Vikings scored, it was like, okay, get on the bus. Right. Like, I just exactly. don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, I did not see that against Detroit. I felt like they fought really hard, even though they are just super short on talent. No receivers. Um, their offensive line was banged up. Frank Ragnow's out. Like their defense, their defense fought. Like they played hard for him. And I, I think there's value in being uh, terrible, but also like having like a give a bleep type of attitude. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, for like sure. Having, having a roster of people who are behind the coach and doing everything they can for him every week, even though they're just not capable that in terms of developing your younger players into that type of attitude, I think that's important for them. Um, I don't know if he's the long-term coach or not, but I think he's the right coach for a team like this. Not someone like say <clears throat> urban Meyer, for example, right? Like just not the guy for this. <laughs> no, not, you don't you think know? so. Well, and Dan Campbell is a guy who has been in the NFL a long time. Like he knows how things are done in the NFL. He knows what, you know, players are going to get behind him. And I think showing that you care like that, as opposed to Matt Patricia, just being this soulless fool. um, I I think it's a much better fit for a team that has no shot. I have no problem with a man crying. You know, me, Matthew, I I, I don't don't believe in toxic. I'm not, I'm not a man. I'm not a toxic, toxically masculine type of dude. Be in touch with your feelings. It's good to let out a good cry every once in a while. I just feel like you can't, you can't be both bite your kneecaps off guy 
and cry at the podium because we lost a football game guy. Like you got, you got to pick one <laughs> or the one. other. You know what I mean? We saw his introductory press conference. That was, I, that was not a guy who I thought was going to come to the podium crying because he lost a football game. I, di- I didn't see that coming. I feel like you got, you got to pick a side. You're either, you're either football, football guy who wants to bite off kneecaps or you're like the more modern Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Collar, Rami Makhlouf type who are in touch with our, our softer side and our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings. And we'll let that out. I am get angry guy though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad guy. I am like a punch a door type of person. Not, not as much anymore as a grown up, but like in terms of, you know, growing up and stuff. But um, well, I think, I think this, that, there are some football people that just run on 10 all the time. Sure. And so ever, and this is why Dan Campbell might not last in this position. He's right for now, but this, man, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you live and die so you, much, right. For exactly. Sure. Um, as the head coach, like even Mike Zimmer can be very emotional and we've seen him just get worn down by this job at times. It happens to everyone. It's like the presidents who come in with dark hair and leave with gray hair. Um, <laughs> And don't say anything about other hair of presidents. I'm just going <laughs> to move right past that. But that's how it used to be. Uh, so, anyway, uh, but you know what I mean, though? If you if you ride the wave like that every week, um, it can be very tough. And I think Dan Campbell's going to he's going to wear himself down. But I'll give them four or five wins because I think they'll keep playing hard. Yeah, now, four wins. Four wins yeah. is realistic. Yeah. Now, here's the great part for that team is that they've realized Jared Goff will not elevate you and you need a different quarterback. And that is a huge win for a season. Now, here's your trivia. Oh, boy. So Kevin Butler was a great kicker for a long time for the Chicago Bears. Loves Kevin Butler. Just all-time great face mask. I had Morton Anderson on the show the other day, just like kicker's face masks. Great from 80s and 90s. He kicked for the Chicago Bears from 1985 to 1995 and made 332 kicks. I want you to give me the next five guys in terms of Bears field goals made after after the Kevin Butler era ended. So after 95, who are the next five in Chicago bears kicking history? I know Robbie gold has got to be on that list, right? He is only nine behind Kevin Butler okay. for 10 yeah. years. So yeah, Robbie gold. Really, yes. He was really good for a long time. Um, I am, I am literally drawing a blank on thinking of any other Bears kickers. Okay, like, I knew you would, completely so I prepared some and hints. Totally. Is Cairo Santos already out there? Because he's been pretty good. I was going to say, <laughs> this, this, so he is. He's he the uh, current kicker is out there already. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. all right, so there, there's two. He's actually third. All um, right. So I was going to say for him, just like a place you'd go on vacation. Like Okay, Cairo um, Santos. All I right. don't know if anyone I, goes to Cairo. Do they? Is that a place you go? I don't know where that is. So it's in Egypt. Um, Big vacation. I I completely, I don't even remember the guy's name who double doinked it. I've, I've blacked that out. He is not on the list. That's Cody Parkey. Cody Cody Parkey. That's right. Okay. Okay, So this kicker used to turn his whole back to the field goal posts. You remember this? Paul Edinger. Paul Edinger. There we go. All right. Okay. Now this guy who took over in the nineties, he has moves like, Jagger, Jake Jaeger, Jeff J- Jagger, Jeff yeah. Jagger. Okay, He's got moves Jeff, like Jeff okay. Jagger. All right, okay, that's, uh, that's a good clue. And uh, okay, this kicker was so bad he would make you want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't. 
I don't know, shout? I don't know, what? Not that quite. Uh, uh, like, uh, get, get physically ill. Uh, puke? Close, uh, another word vomit? for it. Vomit? No, not, Throw you're up? almost there. Almost. Throw up? <laughs> I'm out of... Uh, more, more junior high-ish. Uh, yak. Uh, I got about, nothing, dude. How about barf? Barf? Connor, Connor Barf. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Yeah. I have no clue That's who that the is, thing about dude. It. Wow. All right. Do people uh, know kickers? Like, no. do people who don't have encyclopedic memories like a Matthew Collar, do they remember the names of kickers past? I don't. Now, I'll tell you, I probably would have guessed Eddie Pinheiro and Chris Boniel would have been guesses. Both those names those guys do sound wrong. familiar. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot Paul Edinger, though, because he was actually pretty good for a mm-hmm. while and had that unique kicking style with his back to the field goal post. I knew it would be a struggle, which is why I wanted to give you the hints and we could have fun with them. So, um, well, it's been great to catch up. Yes, you're a terrible right. person. Every time it. I ensure <laughs> that it's going to be a struggle for you to do this <laughs> trivia. Uh, so, so, Rami, uh, great to catch up with you. I'm glad that we could do this. And uh, you're doing a great job there in Wisconsin. I'm not sure people want to look at you anymore from going sure. from Minnesota to Wisconsin. Yeah. But uh, we will always be friends. So I appreciate you, Matthew. Thanks it was my for your pleasure, time. dude. And I will we'll do uh, it again soon. When do the Packers and Vikings play? I'll be getting uh, you on that week. A couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk then. I'll be ready. All right. We'll see you. All right, dude. See you, man.